0: The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734. It's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Foaling Warehouse, Ipsy, Ann Arbor. Your chance to get in on the action. Now let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell.
1: The leaves are changing. Snow about to be falling. Alex Jewell the end of the fall sports campaigns are in sight, and we're inching ever closer to basketball season.
2: We are. We're only three weeks away from basketball season. It's going to be a fun night on November 7th. Mark your calendars now if you haven't already. Men's and women's team, Greg, they'll open up at home in a doubleheader. No better way to spend a Monday a Monday night. There's a lot of excitement around both programs. You don't care about the exhibition games? The exhibition games are important, too. You can check emueagles.com for all of those schedules. but Regular season is when it counts, Greg. We all know exhibitions are great to get your first look at the team to really get excited. But when that door opens on Monday night, November 7th, that's going to be very exciting for both programs. And then you can put a real win or loss next to your name as a team. And I think there's a lot of excitement and a lot of questions that have to be answered about both teams. So a great chance for fans to find some out that night. You said fall campaigns, though, winding down. Still plenty of action for a lot of our fall sports. And that's where we'll get into today, Greg. We know football still happening. A tough loss on Saturday in uh, solidarity with Coach Creighton and his team. We're going to flush that and focus on Ball State. Soccer still in the thick of a Mid-American Conference tournament race and all sorts of other sports going on as well.
1: Yeah, you certainly talked about it. Volleyball picks up two wins on the road. Their first weekend sweep, able to get them moving forward. Soccer, a big win at Western Michigan. And then a tough one for EMU football, as you mentioned. They get a chance to go back on the road this week against a Ball State team that's won not one, not two, but three different times this year when they trailed by 10 points or more to be a tough
2: challenge we'll see how Chris Creighton and company can rebound and get back on track that's right it's a big game and if you're Eastern Michigan four and three record there's still a lot to play for the Mac West is still wide open Toledo looks really good on their side a chance to meet with them next Saturday the 29th just announced today it'll be nationally televised on ESPNU at noon so a great chance to get out for the next game at the factory but that game is only going to matter in some sort I hate to say that in terms of the MAC race, if you can come to Ball State this weekend and perform well at Schumann Stadium. We know that uh, Chris Creighton's had some really good matchups with Mike New over the years. There's been a lot of back and forth. But, Greg, Muncie's been a pretty good place to Ypsilanti-based uh, teams as of late. You think back to 2016, Coach Creighton, that was the sixth win of the year. Bull eligibility in 2016 for the first time. Uh, In 29 years that year, we played in a postseason game, so it was an exciting night, that election night. Uh, A lot of good things to come out of it, so a good conversation coming up with Coach Craig. Yeah,
1: we talked with Coach a lot uh, this week about why Indiana is a special place in his heart. Of course, having coached there, uh, got married, had kids, all well, a member of the Hoosier State, so an in-depth conversation with him. We don't uh, look back. We look forward on this show each and every week, so watch for that. We also
2: then caught up with EMU soccer and they were able to as we talked about get a win big win for EMU soccer on Sunday they beat Western Michigan two to one and uh, keeps their hopes alive for the Mac tournament six teams will make it the season winds down over the next couple of weeks I talked to Becca prisbillo she is a junior on the team the goalkeeper she thinks it's a great win to springboard the team through the rest of the season and as they hope to get into that top six and Greg we mentioned it basketball on the way that means it's time to start talking hoops with our programs as well. Fred Castro joins the program after the interview with soccer. So we're gonna cover football, soccer, and uh, women's basketball all on this show. We should mention too, Greg, that there is a big week ahead of sports on campus. If you're looking for ways to get out and support, go to emueagles.com calendar. One thing of note, uh, this week especially, Friday afternoon into the evening, Cross-country does race, and Dexter, great chance to get out and see a championship-level program in the cross-country teams. It's always fun. They don't get to compete at home a lot, so a great chance to see them.
1: We also do have to plug next week. It is your final chance this week and early next week to still buy tickets for the upcoming E-Club Athletic Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Autumn Bragg, Kerry Gould, TJ Lang, and Carl Lowe all going into the Hall of Fame one week from this Friday. That will be the 28th here in the atrium of the George Gervin Game Above Center. So get your tickets now. Then they'll be honored at halftime of that Toledo game.
2: Great class and great people coming back to the Hall of Fame. For also a chance to come in for that good dinner, that awesome ceremony, and to see some of the upgrades in the arena. Yeah, or if you just want to see me and Greg roaming around on that night. So big week in store on the Eastern Insider Podcast. We're going to take a quick break. No recap this week because – We're trying to roll through. We've got three interviews to get you to. If you want your recap of all your sports, visit EMBEagles.com. Look at social media. You can find all the box scores and in-depth information on the website. That's a quick plug for our website as too that Greg has worked so hard on. So we're going to take a quick time out. Chris Creighton, Greg Steiner on the other side of this one. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast.
0: Whether you're in the D or out at C, we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. The Eastern Insider
1: Podcast. Over the weekend, Eastern Michigan and Northern Illinois battled on the gridiron. Joined by EMU head football coach Chris Creighton to recap and then get you set for the week that upcoming against Ball State. Coach, tough one offensively against Northern Illinois. They hold your team to a season low, ten points in that game, but your defense once again stood up to the challenge for a lot of that game, uh, and, and did a good job against Northern when they were playing multiple quarterbacks, multiple different looks, and, and really trying to throw you off a lot.
3: Yeah, they were. They it's hard to hard to prepare for the unknown, of course, and uh, you know when I yep. say that, I mean at quarterback, and you know got wind towards the very end of the week, you know that uh, the quarterback that played against Toledo and had been backing up that. That he might be injured, um, the defensive staff, you know, had to think on their feet and make adjustments, and um, they did a good job with that, um, no question.
1: When you you, look, you see their styles, Jordan uh, Jordan Lynch's brother on the field versus a Rocky Lombardi, they play much differently, and that's also something that you couldn't also always physically know when they're coming in and coming out, right? You just knew that, okay, if Rocky's in the game, maybe prepare for pass, but that wasn't necessarily the case too.
3: Yeah, no, we, I mean, we didn't know whether he was going to be available. We didn't know that uh, his backup was injured uh, you know, so right. It, it is what it is.
1: Jose Ramirez, another solid game for him. Two sacks in the first half, now tied for the nation's lead for seven sacks in that category. What more can you say about the outstanding play that we've seen out of Jose the last two weeks, but really throughout the entirety of his career?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I would add is, is that he inspires other people along the way. He's a Awesome teammate and captain literally puts the team before himself. Yeah. So as good as he's been on the field, I think he's even, you know, a, a better teammate, person, leader. Um, he's, uh, he's special.
1: We get to see offensively. Andreas Posky, for the first time, make a, a sensational catch and run 65 yards after the catch for his first touchdown. You've had so many international players in your time here at EMU. What was it that attracted you to him? And what is it about the international game that's so good for EMU football as well to
3: have those players here? I fell in love with Andreas a long time ago. It was It's a long recruiting story. Uh, gosh, I, if I remember right, I mean, it was close to two years that we recruited him and lot of things to to battle. I mean, it was started all pre-COVID, but then you're trying to get someone who's never been to the United States before, not never to visit where uh-huh. you know, and got here in January with, you know, all that was going on. So yeah, he's uh, another just great human being and is and, and will, I mean, he's got a long way to go in terms of reaching his full potential. And so we're, we're really excited about uh, what he's going to be as a player and love him as a person from a
1: tight end perspective they're they play the same position but very separate and different entities you look at uh, thomas odakoya from last year more of a blocking guy andreas more of the the can stretch the field and, and move the ball how do you go about sometimes deciding that how the tight end group works because they are so different
3: yeah i think you know um thomas was the best blocking tight end in, in america and he could also catch the ball yeah. but like he just you know I was dominant in that way and Andreas can be that good of a blocker he's not there yet but and and he can do it but I'm talking about you yeah. know doing it at a really really high level um, you know and he he has the ability to um, run and, and catch it and you know that's really what we're after our guys that that can do both you know that's what you're seeing out of gunner right now who's having a really good year as well so no we've been really pleased with it and you know you mentioned just about international players you know for me personally obviously eastern michigan does a great job with international students um the guys on our team aren't the only international students you know here and uh i was just very fortunate um after i got my my master's degree and coached for two seasons to go over to sweden to coach and play and i had a fantastic experience and knew very little about, you know, European American football or Scandinavian Mm -hmm. American football. But just like I said, had a, had a fantastic experience and have remained in communication with people back from, you know, 1993. And, and so started recruiting. I'd hired guys to coach, um, even way back in the mid nineties from overseas and started recruiting and it's worked out really well.
1: Here with head coach Chris Creighton is where he gets you set here on the Eastern Insider for Ball State this week. One of the things that we saw NIU take away from you was some of your return game. Jalen Jackson, they were kicking short most of the day. Elijah Jackson Anderson had to return. How much do you think that's going to become a commonality, knowing that you've got such an explosive guy out there against your your squad?
3: Yeah. um, No, we expected it this game. And and so, you know, Coach Sewell and special team staff, I thought, uh, prepared – prepared us really well for sky kicks and squib kicks and onside kicks, um, all of those things. You know, we we, we did well with it.
1: In Ball State, a team that has played well from behind, three of their wins have come when they've been down bef- by 10 points or more this season. Sometimes teams deflate when they get behind. Ball State has actually seemed to make them better. Uh, what do you see on paper right now early in the week? That, that really, you think that Ball State's going to create some problems for this team? That you can also work
3: the ex- other way to exploit too. Um, well, I, you know, I've been watching their offense from preparing for other teams' defenses, and I uh, haven't met with our defensive staff yet about their plan. But I'm really impressed with their quarterback. Um, he's got weapons on the outside, and you know, they they can beat man. And uh, I think that's the reason, you know, in the past game that they've had some. Uh, some real success is, you know, just in one-on-one situations. They have guys, you know, putting the ball in the right spot and guys making plays. Um, and then, you know, their their running game is really, really good. It's just it's 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 violent. You know, it's just tough and aggressive. Um, that's the running style. You know, got a back that's that's really hard to hard to bring down. Um, and so I think they have got good balance and i, I haven't looked at all the numbers you know about mm. how, how much they're running and passing and all of that but I just know that, that they can that they can do both and so you know when you when you got to defend you know the whole field and got to defend both the pass and the run it makes it difficult
1: number, a number that stood out for me just looking at their stats is in the red zone they've had to settle for field goals a lot more than touchdowns they've kicked 16 field goals making 12 of them conversely your team's only attempted eight. When you have to settle for field goals versus touchdowns, how much does that also change things schematically for teams?
3: I don't think it changes anything schematically. I just think that you know you always want to score touchdowns in the red zone. I, I, I may not understand your it question. Just for with them not being able to
1: put six up and, and having to go for three, do you see that playing into some of their comebacks? Because maybe they they've fallen behind because they've had to settle for for three
3: instead of six, maybe. Um, Yeah, I guess I haven't really studied that. Uh, Yeah, I I, I, I don't know why. Um,
1: And then I'll get you out of here on this. Return to Indiana. The the Hoosier State's been a place that has treated your career well. You figure at Eastern Michigan, you punched your first bowl ticket in Ball State back in 2016. Mm -hmm. You certainly beat the Boilermakers of Purdue there. And Mm -hmm.
3: you had a, a great
1: track record at Wabash. What does the state of Indiana mean to you?
3: Yeah. I I love Indiana, you know, lived there for 11 years. I, my first full-time job was at Manchester college and was there for four years there in North Manchester, Indiana. Um, and, uh, had had a great experience there. And then the seven years, um, at Wabash college, you know, my wife and I got married during that stretch and all three of our kids Mm -hmm. were born. Um, and so, yeah, I, I moved away from Seattle, Washington when I was 18 and, uh, So Michigan is quickly, um, catching the 11 years in Indiana, but, uh, you know, I've lived in Indiana more than, um, I've lived anywhere other than California when I, you know, moved from there when I was 12. So, um, yeah, so I love the love Indiana and the people, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of good friends and a lot of former players and former coaches um, in that great state.
1: It'll be a fun time this weekend at two o'clock in Muncie, Indiana. We'll have the radio call beginning at one fifty on WEMU and the tune in app coach. Thanks for your time. As always, we'll catch you next week. All right. Thanks a lot. Go Eagles. There he is head coach, Chris Creighton. We roll on on the Eastern insider after this.
0: There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room, and that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten.
2: As you do every week, you just heard from Coach Creighton about football. Now it's time to turn our attention to the other kind of football, if you will, soccer. And today, We're joined by our student-athlete, Becca Prisbillow. She's a junior on the field, senior in the classroom, and she is the goalkeeper for the soccer team. Becca, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me for a few minutes today.
4: Thanks for having me.
2: All right, let's talk about the soccer team. Let's start with yesterday because you guys needed a big win and you got a big win over in Kalamazoo against your rival Western Michigan. Another game that came down to like the last couple of minutes. For you in goal, it's just got to be, I mean, it's been an exhilarating season.
4: Yes, it has. I mean, yesterday was just just definitely weird, exciting, fun. I mean, coming down to the last five minutes and us being able to... Notch one in the back of the net. We kind of just sat back from there and just tried to waste time on the clock.
2: Okay, so it's I, I've asked players uh this question before, but you've got the most interesting perspective, I think, on the field because you are playing goalkeeper. So you're really in your area most of the game. Of course, you come out and and uh at, at different opportune times, but is it is it tough as a player to just have to sit there and kind of watch the offense go to work there as as the game winds down and it's a tie game?
4: Yeah, it's it's definitely a mental game for me because like if I even turn out for like one. second then it could something could happen it could end up in the back of the net but i mean mentally like just constantly talking to the team and like trying to stay focused and engaged and constantly moving just even if it's through my box helps me keep myself through the whole game
2: okay we're going to come back to this season and and the team itself but i always like to start at the beginning talking a little bit about you and your journey to playing soccer I know that you're from Plymouth. You're from right up the road. How did you get involved with soccer and and how did Eastern Michigan become the spot that you're in now?
4: So, I mean, I've been playing soccer since I was three, competitively travel, all that, uh, high school even. Um, My junior year, I started looking into colleges. I started like locally around here, tried to go like into some other states and see. Um, But I ended up coming here just because I had known, I knew Scott and Joe previously I knew Danny, our old goalie coach, and I really liked working with both of them. And I came on a visit, and I ended up really liking the school and everything it had to offer.
2: So you're here now, and uh, obviously we're talking a little bit about the season that is. A big win yesterday, still a couple of weeks to go in the season. For those that don't know, uh, soccer, a sport that has a postseason tournament, the top six teams get in. You guys are right on the outside kind of looking in as the season winds down. And I know we were talking before we started the interview that the team still feels like there's a chance to get this thing done. Yeah. From your perspective, what's it going to take over the next couple of weeks?
4: I think it's just going to take uh, us te- us as a team mentally, just taking it game by game. Not looking too far ahead and like really trying to get into the tournament, but just taking it game by game. We have NIU next. We're focusing on NIU. After that, we'll go to the next game and the next game from there.
2: Big year for you. You've gotten into the net a lot more. Last year, you got some time in, in net, though, as well. Six starts, seven matches. How has your game personally improved this year from last?
4: year uh personally i think my the two goalies that were in last year and the years before like really helped me grow personally we had a really competitive atmosphere but a healthy competitiveness and they helped me with little things that i needed to work on and now it's more of just all of it settling in and just owning and doing what i know what i'm supposed to do
2: before we started the interview i was asking you about so many close matches there's just been the (laughs) the times i've watched you guys this year it's like in the last minute, somebody scores a goal, you guys win or maybe come up short. And you said to me, I know we're, we're so close. We're so young. Talk to me a little bit about, about the talent on the team right now and, and where you see this group being able to go in the next couple of years.
4: I mean, just from the bat, we have 19 underclassmen. And I mean, with that, it's like, it can be difficult, but everybody came in this year, wanted to work hard and play hard and earn their spots. And they have, and we have the talent. We are young. We lack the experience, but As the seasons goes on, you can see uh, each person is growing. Everybody's growing. The team is growing. And it's finally just, it's starting to click, but we just need that little extra something to finish it off.
2: You are one of the most experienced players on the team, and you've been playing soccer for a long time, whether it's in college or throughout your life, like you said. Uh, A win like you guys got yesterday at Western Michigan. Tough one down to the end, but you guys are able to finally pull one out Mm -hmm. and and be coming home happy with a last-second win there against, against the Broncos. Is a win like that for a young team, can that be kind of a springboard to help build some momentum the rest of the season?
4: Oh, definitely. We're a very competitive team, and right when it takes some time to gain confidence. And with this win, I think we have now some more confidence going into our next game, and hopefully we can continue to have that feeling and keep continuing to work hard and just push through.
2: Okay, you've been playing soccer since you're three years old. Mm-hmm. Has goalie always been the position? How do you how do you become a goalkeeper?
4: <laughs> actually, it's a funny story. So up until my sophomore year of high school, I was actually a forward. So I did kind of, I did goalie like on and off, but um, I ended up switching for about six years to forward. And then my high school needed a goalie, so I was like, well, I guess I'll switch back. So I switched back to goalie. And then, then it came down to like, Oh, college, what do I want to do? Do I want to play goalie? Do I want to play forward? So that was a really tough decision for me to make, but I ended up going with goalie and I'm here now.
2: Okay. Uh, for those of us that watch soccer casually, enjoy soccer, but have never really played uh, and have never experienced it at this level. What is worse heading the ball or taking some of the shots you do as a goalie?
4: I think it depends because heading the ball, if you head it off like a punt or a really hard kick, those can really hurt. But then again, some of the shots I take, I've been kicked in the head, I've been kicked in the stomach, the legs, everything. So I think it just depends the scenario.
2: Because every time I watch you guys and I see someone head the ball, it's like, to me, that's the craziest thing. I don't know how anybody <laughs> does that, does that willingly.
4: Yeah, it takes a lot of like time and technique to, find, to like figure out how to like correctly head the ball so it doesn't hurt as much. So
2: I know you are a junior on the field, you get another year, you're senior in the classroom, a lot of soccer to play this year, a lot of soccer to play in your future still. But I, I always do, Kind of like to start asking these questions to the upperclassmen. If you start to look at your kind of career as a whole, your time at Eastern, when you when you think about that, eventually not being part of your life anymore, what are some of the things that that you'll take away from the Eastern soccer program or or the university as a whole that uh, that'll be some of your better memories?
4: Um, I definitely think that what I will take away is like the atmosphere, the friendships I've made, um, the connections I've made through school and everything. I mean, networking is key for my for what I want to go into. So. I think taking that and running with it to help me succeed in my future will really be beneficial.
2: Well, you can't leave the listeners hanging. You said it's going to be key for what you want to go into. What do you want to go into? What What is life after <laughs> soccer for you?
4: So I want to be a coach at my local club back in Canton, uh, Detroit City. I've already got an in right now. I'm an assistant to the goalie coaches. And then I also want to go into either anything sports for marketing. Uh, it's just something... I don't think I can leave behind yet for sports-wise, so I want to take that into as a career.
0: Whether you're in the D or out at C, we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time, the Eastern Insider Podcast.
5: Well, Coach. First of all, how was your off season?
6: It was really good. You know, it's it's funny you ask because it, it seemed like it went by so fast. But new new personnel, new players, a uh, little bit different staff, uh, and time just flies by. But it's it's unbelievable. We're we're less than a month away from basketball being officially here. And you mentioned the staff. A little bit of change on the coaching staff this year. Yeah, we had Keisha uh, Blanton or, uh, joined our staff. She was the interim head coach the last two years at. Oakland. Uh, I've known her for a long, long time. She uh, started at Florida State as a GA uh, and has kind of climbed up the the ranks and was at Miami uh, a couple years ago when I first arrived here as a recruiting coordinator. So she's came in and has been absolutely
5: fantastic. The last time you and I really sat down and talked basketball, it was the final game of the season at Ball State. And what I love about you is your energy wasn't brought down by what was a tough season. You were already looking at next season. How are we going to be better? How are we going to get to Cleveland? How are we going to make noise in the Mac? Do you feel good about the offseason process and where you are right now, as we close in on opening the season? You know, we, we had an unbelievable offseason.
6: and I got to give the players a lot of credit because we made a fair amount of big adjustments. Um, that, Typically takes some getting used to and uh, this this group of young ladies they uh, they've been so receptive and eager to execute what we've talked about some of the stuff on the court some of the stuff off the court and uh, we're all the better for it and and you know if you come watch practice it, it shows it's it's immediate and uh, so we're, we're excited about the work that we put in this off season. and you know we still got three four weeks to continue kind of polish things up for the
5: for the, you know bat non-conference schedule, uh, but I'm eager to get out there. We're talking with Fred Castro, women's basketball coach here at Eastern Michigan. Let's take a look at your team now. You guys will open up against Lindenwood, At home, Kind of run us through maybe the starting five or who we're going to see on the court, some impact players for your team this season.
6: Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think the biggest difference that you're going to see both offensively and defensively is going to be our inside presence. Um, We're going to have two new young ladies in Ozzy, who's been here for a while but hasn't got to play due to injuries. And then uh, Tyra and Sophia, Tyra, is a transfer from uh, LiU plays on the Spanish national team and Sophie is a freshman from st Louis and uh, they're I mean those three guys they they just bring a presence in the paint on both ends of the floor and as as you know you've been around Mac basketball having somebody throw the ball to in the paint to get a bucket is a big deal
5: and, and we have a number of those so we're really excited about that and you and I looked at a little game tape once and, and Tyra Ack, who's out of Spain, boy, can she get up in the air. And that that is, I mean, you've had some people that have some good presence in the paint or can make damage on the offensive end this is the full package right here. Yeah, we've had some
6: really, really good athletes here, um, and I think they've been more guard oriented. Um, we've had good size here, but this is probably the first time we've had six two, six three, uh, with six five wingspans, with the, the ability to get the rim, the ball off the rim in terms of rebounding, uh, go get offensive rebounds, finish near the rim and uh, that's a big deal in women's basketball. Uh, the game is changing a lot, uh, just like the NBA. Some things don't change, right? Shaq is Shaq, uh, Wilt is Wilt, and <laughs> right. The, the game can change all it, it wants, but if you can go get layup after layup and keep teams from getting layups, um, it, it
5: really helps you. Where does this team have to be better than they were a year ago? You can look at the record and be like, well, obviously we got to be better than seven wins, but where does this team need to improve to be competitive in the Mac? Yeah, I think
6: I think we, in terms of last year, you know, just direct comparison from a year ago, we need to get better at everything. You know, I, I thought, you know, the two previous years we had led the league in defense. We were number one in points per game allowed, and it wasn't even close two years ago. Uh, the margin was huge. We we just struggled to really score consistently. Uh, this year we've changed our um, offensive philosophy a little bit in, in terms of what we're running, how we're attacking the defense, and I think that's going to help us a great deal. But in comparison to last year and this year, I think we need to shoot it better. I think uh, our pa- points in the paint and how we're getting the points in the paint mm-hmm. uh, needs to change. Last year is so much dribble oriented. This year is going to be more Post oriented, and then having a good balance of being able to hit
5: perimeter shots and have our post play. You bring back a player that served up more double doubles than in and out, and that's Skeynes. Mm-hmm. What a weapon to have coming back!
6: Yeah, and her role is going to change. You know, I think we've seen her a lot um, these past two years in the post on the block, and and she's had some success. There's no question about it. Uh, you're going to see a little bit different game from her. She's worked really hard uh, on her perimeter shot. She's going to be a little bit more on the perimeter, uh, and we're going to be uh, opportunistic, advantageous with her when with matchups and putting her uh, back in the post depending on how they're, she's being guarded. But she has really, what's been most exciting about her is how she's really stepped into a leadership role with this team. You know, she's unanim- unanimously essentially been uh, voted captain by her teammates. And a lot of that has been her leading by example. Uh, she's had an absolutely phenomenal off season, So I'm excited to see uh, what that work shows up, how that work shows up this season. Uh,
5: One player I saw walking around the hallways, Natalia Pineda, is back. And she is really a ray of sunshine. She's like, it's my COVID season. I'm back for another year. I go, I don't know if I know... EMU basketball without you. Yeah, that's exactly right, and uh, it
6: was it was really nice to be able to bring her back to have for her to have the opportunity to come back from an eligibility standpoint, uh, to have the scholarship to be able to to keep her. Like you said, she's a ray of sunshine, right? She just yeah. lights up the room. Her teammates absolutely adore her, and she is playing with so much confidence. And you know, I, I, I don't even want to say anything because she's, <laughs> she, you know. Uh, Last yes uh, Friday we had practice and she came down and twice in transition just came down and pulled up from three as soon as she let it go everybody in the gym knew it was going in right um, she's really worked really hard on on fine tuning her game and how we want how we need her to be more of a presence for it she finished the year last year really well she started the last ten games or so had a bunch of double-figure games. And when she played well, we typically played well. So I think she's really excited. She She's playing like a senior, and she's playing with the urgency of a senior. And if you've been around college sports, you know uh, how important that is when you have one of those seniors that can just kind of make everybody say, listen, our time is now.
5: And she's oozing that. We're talking with Fred Castro. My final question for you, too, as we get ready for the women's basketball season is, the nice thing about trans. for portals and recruiting is it doesn't have to be a slow process to get to where you want to be as you look at this upcoming season what are your expectations for this team
6: yeah you know I think I I know this is this sounds very coach talk and and all that stuff but you know our emphasis this year has been every day right we got to come in every day and do the things the little things at a really high level I know what you're trying to ask me but What I'm going to tell you is. I want
5: you to guarantee me something.
6: (laughs) What I'm going to tell you is what I've been telling our team is if we take care of the things that we can control, we do a great job of not allowing distractions to come through, whether it's COVID, whether it's an ankle, whether it's whatever it may be. And us really uh, stay locked in on the, the two or three things that we just have to be great at every day the season will take care of itself and the fact that we're playing so many home games early non-conference the most we've ever played since i've been here i think it really gives us a chance to go into conference play feeling a certain way about how we're playing on both ends of basketball and and i'm excited to get that going he's
5: fred castro regular season starts november 7th five o'clock at home against lindenwood thanks coach thank you
0: This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.